Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, we got another week of the announcer schedule podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Mike Gill. Phil DeMott-Mollen is here from Announcer Skeds on Twitter. You've been following the handle. You've been following along. And now you've been listening to it all here on the Sports Media Watch podcast feed. Uh, Phil, you're in Vegas, so I'm sure what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Or you want to share some stuff with us? Oh, happy to share some stuff. I'm here in Las Vegas for the NACTA convention, which is the National Athletic Directors uh, Association. Basically, everybody in college sports is is all here in Vegas. Um, in specific, I'm here for the COSIDA convention, which is the Sports Information Directors of America, uh, representing Brevard College back in North Carolina here. But it's been a lot of fun to rub shoulders with all sorts of uh, college sports types. And I've had the chance to run into a few announcers, which has been a lot of fun. Um, namely Debbie Antonelli, who we talked about on the show earlier, a uh, women's basketball hall of famer. Now the longtime analyst for ESPN, Debbie said she's a big fan of the kind of things we've been doing with announcer schedules and is happy to come on the show at some point. So there we go. Uh, we'll look forward to that at some point. Also, Sean Farnham was the MC of the Academic All-American Hall of Fame banquet here. I appreciate uh, his work and kind of giving back to the industry here as MC of that event. Uh, He's the college basketball analyst for ESPN. Um, You see him on a lot of the talk shows as well. And then had the pleasure to spend some time and talk quite a bit with Ted Enberg, the son of Dick Enberg. Uh, He was here on uh, his late father's behalf to present a major award and got to talk to Ted a bit. He's a broadcaster himself, a play-by-play announcer for the Pac-12 network, does a lot of work for Stanford. And interestingly enough, if you were catching at all the HBO uh, TV show Winning Time uh, earlier this year that that debuted and you know told the story of those 1980s Lakers. Ted actually had a cameo in there uh, playing the role of his father, which was kind of cool. So I got to um, uh, pick uh, Ted mind a bit. Uh, he, likewise, uh, we might be able to get him on the show at some point as well. So it's been a lot of fun running into those announcers and you know spending time in here in Vegas. But Mike, no Brent Musburger sightings as of yet, and uh, nothing. I haven't heard anything on that. Uh, Raiders radio front, although I'm, you know, have a great view of Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders play now. Uh, what a beautiful majestic, facility. Majestic, majestic sight I hear. Speaking of announcers, Phil, uh, 
Uh, we got Kevin Kugler today, so stick around to uh, the end of the pod. We'll have Kevin Kugler on as our guest here in episode number six. If you missed our conversation with Larry Colmas last week, I thoroughly enjoyed that. He's the voice of the Triple Crown on NBC Sports. Uh, we've talked to uh, John Forslund, the voice of the NHL and the Seattle Kraken on Sports USA Radio. He's the voice of the NHL. He did the Eastern Conference Finals. And then uh, we had an awesome opportunity uh, to catch up with Bob Wachusen, who does everything for ESPN. So uh, if you missed any of those conversations, they're timeless. You can go back and listen to them and uh, check that out on the Sports Media Watch feed. George Offman has a great guest this week uh, on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. John Rooney, uh, man, he's done it all. And uh, I know that TJ and John spoke about this, talking about him possibly being a uh, Ford Frick guy for the Hall of Fame for his career that he's had. He's been a St. Louis guy, Chicago guy. So uh, if you're into uh, that kind of stuff, tell me a story I don't know with George is fantastic. Always great stories there. And TJ and John in this week's Sports Media Watch go over some uh, the NHL ratings and uh, some stuff on Live Golf, which is very interesting, uh, by the way. And they had a great conversation uh, with Lindsay Zarniak in last week's pod. So if you want to go back and check that out, she was outstanding. So there's some of that. You can get that. Subscribe, like, review, rate, leave a comment, do whatever you need to do to get it out there to your friends uh, who want to hear. All right, let's get into our topics today. NFL, more prime news, and um, now they have a host. It looks like they have some studio analysts, and they might have more. Stu- they might have a-, a whole circus in there on, on this pregame show. Yeah, it, you know they keep on making hires over there at Amazon, and you know when the uh, stakes are that high and the rights deal is that large, uh, no surprise there. But you know th- this was reported earlier, but it became official that Teresa Thompson uh, will host the show. Uh, she's also over on the Fox pregame show as well. And you know one of the things I'm noticing here is you know Amazon with these hires is allowing these this talent to work you know and continue working at their you know primary gigs or or their original gigs that is who knows as far as contracts you know who's actually uh paying more at this point but uh thompson will continue to work with fox sort of like how herb street's continuing to work with espn uh you know while being the analyst with al michaels who also has that emeritus role with nbc uh and then also in the studio uh confirmed tony gonzalez richard sherman and Ryan Fitzpatrick, but uh, I know there's also been a report of Keith Talib and Andrew Whitworth uh, coming into the fray as well. So a lot happening over there at Amazon still. I'm a big Keith Talib fan. I really enjoy him. I know he's a polarizing guy. Some people don't like uh, his style. I happen to love it. I think he gives a great point of view from you don't hear a defensive back in that role a lot. And in today's game, we're passing, passing, passing. He's a really smart guy who knows coverages, and I think it's really interesting to hear his point of view on coverage from a breakdown of a play as opposed to hearing it from what we always hear, the quarterback or, you know, a skill player. You don't hear a defensive back give the breakdown, and the whole game is passing nowadays. I like, I love Tlaib. He didn't do an Eagles game last year. He did one the year before, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, Fox should, I wish, would give him more opportunities. I don't think he's going to be in that role here, but we'll see how they use him. And I think that'll be interesting. Whitworth's a good, uh, smart guy, too. I'm looking forward to how they, uh, how the stew mixes in the pot here. 
Yeah, because there are a lot of voices and there's only so many, you know, minutes on any given broadcast. And, and certainly with pregame, postgame and, and halftime shows, a lot of those are are pretty abbreviated. Um, so we'll see how they, they use all these guys. You know, we've mentioned it before. Perhaps there will be like a secondary broadcast as well with them hanging out doing a, a Manning cast um, type show. Uh, I, my understanding is they're, they're actually going to be on site as well. So it's not going to be like a studio setting, but they'll be at the stadium each week as well. So looking forward to see how that all materializes. And uh, we'll keep an eye on, on Amazon, who continues to make these hires. Okay, uh, NFL, let's go to a local radio situation. Remember, NFL has local radio teams that are very popular in the home markets uh, because the national broadcasts, there are no TV broadcasts for NFL teams, so radio's big. I want to give a shout-out to my uh, buddy Colin Thompson. He is the tight end for Carolina. He has a podcast called Not For Long. You should check that out. We actually started that together. He's kind of taken it to Carolina with him, and uh, it's done really good. And maybe he'll have this guy on as a guest, and maybe we will too. Luke Keekley, the former middle linebacker, uh, he is now going to be part of their radio team. Yeah, Luke Keekley becomes the uh, radio analyst. He's actually with a couple other guys, so they're kind of, you know, rotating around a bit. Uh, but he's part of this new team with Anish Shroff, uh, who was named the play-by-play announcer. And had a, uh, I've had the pleasure and had a of, cut and had a voice uh, here on the announcer schedule podcast in week one. Th- that's right. He he called that lacrosse national championship. And, uh, you know, Anish has been doing those lacrosse championships for years. Uh, he's worked on college basketball, college football for years with ESPN. He's based out of Charlotte. Uh, for those who don't know, you know, ESPN has a pretty big presence in Charlotte. You know, they do a lot of their programming out of there, uh, including the the Paul Feinbaum show is actually, you know, recorded there and and so forth. Uh, but yeah, Anish Shroff on play-by-play, Luke Keekley, who, you know, who's adored, you know, I'm I'm buddies with quite a few Panthers fans, you know, being from North Carolina myself. And, you know, they, they love Keekley. you know, not not only what he did on the field, which was impressive, uh, but personality as well. Yeah, last week we mentioned over 80 broadcasters. We can count Colin Thompson as a broadcaster. Not for long is the name of his podcast. He's a he's from our area, uh, played at Temple. That's why I got my Temple shirt on today there, Phil. Uh, he works out here in Cape May. But uh, down in Carolina with the Panthers, year number three. All right. Stanley hey, real Co- quick, Mike, yeah. you, you mentioned Temple and, of course, the Philadelphia connection. I do want to mention one other media member who I had the chance to say hello to, which is Dick Hoops Weiss. Oh, yeah. The, long, the longtime sports writer, you know, who's covered college basketball, you know, in all ways possible, dating back to those early Palestra days and so forth. And it was great to, you know, to talk a little bit with, with Dick Weiss, who was honored here with a big award from Cosida, um, who, you know, who recognizes media members with lifetime awards as far as, you know, their um, con- contribution to college sports and also the way they work with us, you know, PR professionals. So Dick Weiss was here in the house and, you know, I saw all sorts of old friends of his from those early Philadelphia days on the sports information side coming up and saying hello and and uh, a lot of fun to get to talk to Dick. All right. Uh, we'll have some Philadelphia-based uh, play-by-players, analysts. We'll, we'll be sure to get some of those guys. Uh, this is a very big area for that. Those guys, the, the play-by-players in the Anos are rock stars in this area, and we have some old veterans, and some guys, you know, are retired uh, recently. You know, Mark Zumoff, 30 years behind the mic for the Sixers. He left last year. Kate Scott took his place, which was kind of groundbreaking. We'll hope to get both of them on 
the announcer schedules podcast. Kate, if you're out there listening, we'd love to have you on. And Mark lives in the area here. So uh, I know Mark will come on in the radio side, uh, Tom McGinnis. So, all right, let's go to the NHL because they just finished their season. ESPN is back in hockey. They finished, but hockey's unique. You've got so many different entities calling the Stanley Cup Finals because you've got the two home team radios, you've got national radio on Sports USA, you've got ABC Television, you also got TSN in Canada that has the calls too. So we had a lot of broadcasting going around, uh, and very good ratings, by the way, for the NHL Stanley Cup. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to hear those calls as far as you know the, those game winners and and uh, cup winning uh, calls and so forth. Um, you know, we've been talking about it. You know, and, and I'm sure fans who watch the, you know, the the coverage um, certainly settled in with Sean McDonough and Ray Ferraro on the ABC broadcast, Emily Kaplan reporting. Uh, Sports USA had John Ehlers and uh, Joe Micheletti, who was uh, Forceland's partner back in the uh, conference finals. And then the Avalanche Radio, these guys just absolutely rocked it. You know, we were able to, you know, locate their call and Connor McGahee on the play-by-play there, Peter McNabb analyst, uh, TSN, as you mentioned. You know, it's interesting. I, I watched a couple of those TSN highlights and it's like, you, you kind of get this whole different feel because, you know, hockey's so big up in Canada and you just kind of have this feeling like, wow, you know, yeah. this means so much to these folks up there. So we're going to give it to you from a couple different angles. This was the uh, Altitude Sports Radio call. This is the uh, Colorado call, if you will, the final call via Altitude Sports. Listen to how the home team called it. Ten seconds now. Four check here from Kale McCarr. It's all the way to the other end of the ice. Four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one second. It's over. They did it. They did it. The job is done. The Colorado Avalanche are Stanley Cup champions. And they will lift Lord Stanley a mile high. And Tampa Bay is still barking at their... The referee, it's over, pal. They're pouring off the bench. Colorado has defeated Tampa in six games to claim their third cup. Ladies and gentlemen, the cup is coming back to Colorado. Unlike their namesake, they have ascended to the peak of professional hockey. And like their namesake, they have taken out every single thing in their path. Final score in game six of this 2022 Stanley Cup final, Colorado two and the Tampa Bay Lightning one. All right, lot to break down there on that call, Phil. Some things really stood out to me. They lift the Lord Stanley a mile high. Great reference there. Uh, the crack in his voice in the beginning when he says that they win the Stanley Cup. And like the Avalanche, they have taken out everything in their path. Great call. Yeah, great call. And, you know, I there's the awareness that, hey, when you're, when you're in that spot, play-by-play announcing on radio for a championship like that, those calls are going to live in infamy. Like, you know, they're going to be preserved forever. They're going to be replayed on highlight videos, um, you know, historical pieces, so on and so forth. So it's a huge opportunity for an announcer. And he gave several kind of you know, um, iconic sort of calls that could 
live, you know, in eternity here. And it was funny also, Peter McNabb, the the analyst for the Avalanche, getting one more jab in there on the the, <laughs> the lightning. So it's kind of kind of cool to hear it from that perspective. You know, it's okay to, for these guys to be, you know, a bit of a homer, no doubt about it, when you're doing the home call. All right, this is the national radio call, Sports USA. Here's how they finished off the Stanley Cup. 20 seconds to go. Hedman measuring things as he brings it back to center. Got the red line, chips it across. Palat has it forced back outside the blue line as he was immediately engaged by Makar, who chases a loose puck all the way back into the Tampa Bay zone. Bumping in the corner there with Stamkos. Five seconds remain. Up the boards, the Lightning's Kalorn trying to stretch it to center. Perry brings it into the zone. It's knocked away, but the Avalanche have reached the mountaintop, and the Lightning's rain has run dry. Colorado is the 2022 Stanley Cup champions. All right, there you go. A couple of, uh, a little bit more buttoned up there, but uh, Colorado has reached the mountaintop and Tampa Bay's reign has come dry. Yeah, John Ehlers, who's also the voice of the Anaheim Ducks. And, you know, prior to that, you know, that final kind of signature call, you know, we got a quick little listen there of just the art of play-by-play announcing in hockey radio, just the the rapid bang-bang every step of the way letting you know what's going on. And I do have the the television call so you can hear the difference. This is McDonough on ESPN, or excuse me, I guess it was on ABC on Sunday. So – uh, so you heard the radio. This is what it sounded like on the TV side. Ten seconds to go. McCarr fittingly battling for the puck in the corner. Five seconds to go. Up it comes to the line. Colorado has won the Stanley Cup. So pretty simple and basic there from McDonough. Colorado has won the Stanley Cup, you know, but uh, you can hear how it's a little different on television because you heard more of the, you know, you, you kind of saw more. He didn't give you as much description of where the puck was at every ticking second there. Yeah, did, no doubt about it. Different role. You know, we talked to John Forslund about this as well. And, you know, certainly with the pictures and, you know, the idea of letting it breathe and so forth on television, uh, just a, a different uh, job description altogether. Okay, so there you go. Stanley Cup in the books for hockey. ABC uh, and uh, TNT this year did a great job on covering hockey. Ratings up. Looking forward to see what they bring next season uh, in the NHL. It seems like the NHL popularity shooting back in the upward direction. Baseball. Um, all right. Peacock, we had the Mets-Marlins this last weekend. You saw uh, Jason Benetti, Cliff Floyd, Tommy Hutton. I think you predicted that last week. And uh, this weekend, we have an interesting Peacock situation happening. Why don't you uh, give us a little tour about that? Yeah, you know, first back to that Mets-Marlins game. Um, You know, we're anticipating maybe Darling or um, Keith Hernandez in the Mets side of things. But they went with Cliff Floyd. And what's interesting there is Floyd has both Mets and Marlins broadcasting and, you know, uh, experience also on the playing field as well. So he has a relationship with Tommy Hutton, who was representing the Marlins, longtime Marlins analyst. So made a lot of sense as far as the Cliff Floyd, Tommy Hutton pairing with Jason Benetti. But the news is that this week for Royals at Tigers, no one will be in the booth, you know, so Peacock going with kind of a, you know, um, untraditional broadcast and, from our understanding is it's going to be a roving tour of the stadium um, 
Ahmed Farid, along with the the two analysts, are going to kind of be walking throughout the stadium, talking to fans, talking to other special guests, different looks from throughout the stadium. So it sounds like they're trying something completely new. I know some of these, you know, more um, regional broadcasts have done things like broadcasts from um, out in center field and things like that and kind of creating a a booth location there. But this looks different where they're actually going to be really taking a tour of uh, the stadium there in Detroit and in bringing you the action that way. So we'll see what happens. I got to say, as a play-by-player who's done baseball from the outfield, I got to imagine they do not like doing that. <laughs> I got no, I, I to imagine I mean, I, this is more promotional, and if we have to, we will. But I got to imagine they do not like calling a game from that vantage point. Yeah, I agree. I would imagine you're probably watching it on the monitor quite a bit yeah. when you're in that spot just because, you know, the yeah, it's it's certainly not an ideal sightline. No. Uh speaking of Ron Darling, we will hear Ron Darling though in the broadcast and uh he's got a pretty big partner. Yeah, he you know, he was on this week with uh Bob Costas. So, you know, TBS has been doing a really nice job in my opinion on these Tuesday night shows. If you get a chance to catch it, you know, some really good pairings in terms of announcers, uh, play-by-play guys like Don Orsillo, you know, who's with the Padres, used to be with the Red Sox, uh, Brian Anderson, you know, uh, who folks know from from Turner and, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers. But this week for Astros-Mets, and, you know, Mets fans didn't like the result. <laughs> the final score was 9-1 Astros. But what, what a uh, booth, Bob Costas and Ron Darling, um, you know, in, in my opinion, two of the best as far as, you know, calling baseball. And I'm not sure if those two have ever worked together. Maybe they have with the MLB network or something like that. But uh, really cool. And that got my attention, you know, the fact that those two were, were calling a game together. All right. Uh, so there's some baseball for you. And um, we go to the golf, which has taken up a lot of conversation. We had the bites last week. Nick Faldo, uh, he was on the Dan Patrick show. We had that audio for you here on announcer sketch uh, on the announcer schedule podcast and uh you know the golf has been a big topic of conversation in fact the live golf executives have come out and admit it they need a tv partner for this to work long term which is kind of what we've all thought like how can you keep making it on youtube but they've come out and said this so uh, let's follow up on some of the faldo comments and then uh, the travelers is coming up yeah so you know faldo who you know last week we talked about him quite a bit as far as you know, announcing his retirement from full-time broadcasting at CBS and the Golf Channel. We were curious, you know, whether the door was still open, you know, for other opportunities, the way that was worded in his press release. Uh, then, you know, uh, Mike, you were able to track down that, you know, soundbite with the Dan Patrick show, you know, where, you know, uh, Patrick asked him about live golf and so forth. But then Faldo was on the broadcast at the Travelers Championship, and Faldo, you know, was – didn't hold back as far as being pretty critical of live golf. So, you know, that maybe shuts that door uh, once again, but you never know where this stuff's going to head. The other thing that got my attention there, um, you know, when Faldo made those comments, um, it was interesting to see who his uh, partner was. It, it wasn't Jim Nance. It was Andrew Catalone. Um, Catalone, you know, is kind of the, the um, fill in for Nance for, you know, the golf that, uh, Jim isn't able to do on his off weeks, but, um, you know, certainly folks know Andrew Catalan quite a bit from NCAA March Madness and also uh, NFL packages on CBS and so forth. So it was interesting to see those two paired up on the 18th 
old tower. But yeah, Faldo's not afraid to give his opinion, no doubt about it. Well, we have that opinion on CBS. Here's the broadcast from the Travelers. Take a listen to what Nick Faldo uh, added to his thoughts on Live Golf by his decision extremely because he's a wonderful example of, of of the challenge of playing the tour i mean we have one thing called missing the cut which is what they suddenly they, they don't like but that's part of our sport you know to, to commit to to an event and, and brooks is a wonderful example he started way out on i believe on the asian tour and then he wins in europe we were there on cbs to watch him win at phoenix he wins four majors he's climbed as well last he's saying last week he's saying get out of my face all i want to do is play golf and go and win and somebody then hit his number and off he goes and i'm really surprised at that because i know when he's out there it's a boatload of cash there's also a boatload of of um mandatory uh, personal appearances and that sort of thing they're going to be doing i'm sure he's going to find that gets very old very quickly and you know the other very important thing is enjoyment You've got to enjoy what you do in life. You can't be standing on the golf course and thinking another reason why I'm out here. You can't, you just can't fake that. It's, it's an important thing in life to go know what you're out there for and you think, I love this, I'm really loving it. And I cannot see how these guys right now can think it's a... Okay, that's his- uh, Sir Nick Faldo on Brooks Kepka's decision to take the money and run as... Uh, uh, this- What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steve Miller band once said. Yeah, and you can probably translate what he's saying about that player decision, whether to, you know, take the money and run to his own decisions if, you know, if that ever came up on the broadcasting side. So, you know, pretty compelling uh, statement there from Faldo when you look at it through that lens as well. Okay, uh, football, we talked NFL. Let's go to USFL. They got their championship game this weekend. That's actually not going to be in Alabama. They're moving that to Canton, Ohio uh, for the championship game. Fox has it. And uh, the Fox uh, executives have announced, I think, Phil, that the USFL will be back. So uh, the broadcast team for the championship game. And what do we know for 2023? Yeah, there's been quite a bit of reporting from Sports Business Journal and others as far as, you know, kind of the future of USFL and whether this was a success or not and so forth. Um, Like you said, you know, the championship game this weekend, they had the semifinals last weekend on NBC and Fox um, 
And then the championship game will be this weekend in Canton, Ohio. Um, still pretty much an, an empty stadium there in Canton, just like it was down in, in Birmingham. Uh, Kurt Menefee will handle the play-by-play duties. Joel Klatt and Brock Cured, um, you know, round out that announcing team. So, you know, they're using the big names in terms of Fox and certainly Fox um, and NBC provided a lot of resources towards this coverage and overall i would deem it a success you know success basically in this uh, world of spring football is hey are you coming back the next season to play and if they're doing that you know that sounds like success i know they're they're um analyzing whether to have it all at one site or maybe a, a couple of different hubs maybe ultimately in the um you know home markets of these brand names we'll see what happens there I think, you know, they need to do that for the TV side of things as much as anything, just because an empty stadium makes for a strange viewing experience. And, you know, people might, you know, just not be as engaged as far as staying with that channel if the stadium's empty behind them. No one wants to see an empty stadium anymore after all we went through with COVID those those seasons as well. Right. You've got um, uh, Kurt Menefee is interesting because he's the play-by-player for this, but he's also the studio host for Fox NFL Sunday. I mean, I wonder if down the road, do they view him as a play-by-player? Do they like him in that role in the studio? Does he want to be a play-by-player as opposed to uh, that Fox NFL Sunday role, which he has kind of held down since James Brown went over to CBS? Yeah, that, that that's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what the decision-making was there exactly because certainly Fox has a, a stable of play-by-play uh, announcers at the same time, you know, maybe they were just looking to add a little cachet and, you know, certainly, you know, maybe a different style a little bit as well with Menifee, you know, sort of more in that host role than, than straight up play by play. Um, who knows, you know, but, uh, be interesting to see my gut would tell me that, you know, Menifee will, will stay put on that Fox show that, you know, has a lot of great chemistry with guys like, you know, Jimmy Johnson and Terry Bradshaw and and so forth. And then you have Klatt, who's their face of really their Fox college football. And Brock Hewitt's an interesting name. You know, Fox, uh, we'll see if they filter in some new uh, analysts for this year over on Fox TV, because obviously they had to move one guy up to the number one role, which means everybody else might have a new role. Uh, That's something that you might want to check out on a future episode of announcer schedules. Uh, All right, let's get to... Uh, the real quick on the NASCAR because that changed uh, over to NBC. We had the big kickoff for NBC this past weekend. Yeah, NBC takes over the package for the rest of the season after Fox handled the first half of the season. Uh, Nashville Speedway was the debut venue, and a lot of weather issues in in Nashville with all sorts of lightning and thunderstorms and so forth. So. It ended up being a very long show, um, you know, on on NBC. I think it eventually uh, might have even changed networks over to USA Network just because it went so late into the evening. But Rick Allen on the play-by-play, we're looking forward to having Rick on the show um, on a future podcast real soon here. Uh, also, guys like Dale Hart Jr., Jeff Burton, Steve Letart, uh, Marty Snyder, and Dave Burns, Parker Kligerman in the pits. Um, you know, these guys do do a, a great job, no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, just great to see kind of, you know, the differences between Fox and, and NBC. Both those networks have been doing NASCAR for a long time and, and certainly know what they're doing from a production standpoint. But it is kind of a little bit of an adjustment, you know, not only finding the the channel that the sport's on, but just a different look in terms of, of everything once it shifts over to NBC. Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, uh, we'll be having, hopefully, Rick Allen on a future broadcast here. And 
Uh, that is uh, going to be something we're looking forward to. As we brought you Larry Colmas last week, you heard a really cool perspective of uh, a horse uh, racing play-by-player and their skill and technique and how intricate that is. I would imagine you know doing uh, motorsports play-by-play is similar in its intricacy. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, there's a lot going on in any given race. And I would think the big, the big difference is just horse racing is such a, a, a quick experience, just a matter of, of a couple of minutes. Well, you know, NASCAR, like we saw this past weekend in Nashville, can be hours upon hours. Uh, all right. Our guest coming up is uh, Kevin Kugler, uh, who has a long resume. We're going to play a bite from Kevin that we can kind of uh, get you ready for that. I want to do a little housekeeping for you guys out there because the channel is great. If you love what we're doing, uh, leave us a message, review, rate, subscribe on the Sports Media Watch podcast page. Uh, John Lewis, who we should ask John regarding the USFL ratings in, in terms of how they were, because they are coming back for a second season. How were the ratings for that? If you want to find out that kind of stuff, TJ Reeves, John Lewis do that on the sportsmediawatch.com podcast. That drops on Wednesday. So how did the USFL ratings do? Check that out over there. John is uh, really the man behind the curtain for all of that. And uh, they dropped that on Wednesday. George Offman, uh, Offman, excuse me, tell me a story I don't know. That's a, a great storytelling. You really get to hear the journey for many of these. Now, when when Phil and I talk to these broadcasters, which you're going to hear Kevin Kugler, we really like to bring you inside their travel and how they decide what multiple sports and how they got to that particular spot. I mean, uh, all those good things. I do want to bring up something before Kevin. I, I, we don't have the audio, or I could get it, but we, you know, there was a local story that happened here, Phil, which this shows you it happens from time to time. Uh, Bryce Harper got hit in the thumb last week, and – the collective Delaware Valley's hearts just sunk, including the broadcaster on radio, Michael Bourne, who threw out an expletive. But it was one of those moments that I don't think he got criticized all that much for because he was feeling what the fans were feeling. And I think it's a unique situation where, hey, he just – that was the moment and that was what he said and, and it kind of came out. But he's actually gotten a, a lot of attention for it in a positive way around here. Yeah, and – you know, from my understanding, reading a couple of follow-up stories about that, you know, he was able to give a, you know, a, a thorough apology not too long after that. You know, in TV, they talk about there's a, you know, so they're just a behind the curtain a little bit how it works in a, in a TV booth for one of these broadcasts. You know, there's a stage director who has a stack of cards typically, which are different promos and things like that, and they're they're all um, in a, a certain order and, and numbered and so forth. But there's almost always in that stack of cards that you could hand an announcer or if an announcer wants it, an apology card, you know, which kind of says, hey, um, you know, our bad, you know, wh- whatever the wording might be. And, uh, you know, most announcers will say, hey, I never want to have to take that card out of the deck. Now that's, uh, but sometimes it just happens, the, I guess. This is some great behind the curtain here. I did not know that. Yeah, you know, um, 
again, like it's not something talked about much because hopefully it, it never happens to an announcer because, you know, that can get you in some some serious hot water at the same time. But, hey, you know, it, it, you want to be prepared for those moments as well. And, you know, you got to pick up the pieces and, and move on and, and do the best you can. And I think, you know, this approach that happened this weekend as far as just being as honest and, um, you know, uh, forthright about it as you can is better than, you know, trying to, you know, just act like it never happened. Uh, yeah, so that's some good behind-the-scenes stuff from Phil. Uh, don't forget to follow him on Twitter at announcer Skeds S K E D S. You can get the podcast, all the news, who's broadcasting the games every single night on all the major networks, even uh, some of the lesser networks out there, the ESPN Pluses of the world, the streaming services. Uh, he's got you filled in there. We're going to be catching up with Kevin Kugler here in a minute, who called the uh, men's. Baseball College World Series Championships, and here is how that all went down uh, with Kevin Kugler on the call. This place is set to erupt. The one-two pitch. Off-speed swing and a miss. He got him. And the last team in is the last team standing. Ole Miss, their first baseball national championship and the first national title in any men's team sport in school history. Ole Miss wins it four to two. They sweep the Men's College World Series Championship Series. Okay, Kevin Kugler called that there. That was uh, Westwood one on the radio call from Kevin Kugler, who you are familiar with from uh, Fox NFL and uh, Westwood one. Uh, also, I think does some Big Ten Network stuff. Yeah, but Kevin certainly stays busy. Looking forward to talking to him to really dig into his schedule, uh, whether it be Fox Sports on the NFL side of things, uh, college football, college basketball, um, you know, work with the the Big Ten Network, which, which is, you know, owned by Fox, by the way. Folks might not know that. So that's under kind of the same umbrella. And then certainly Westwood won, you know, he's been doing you know, the March Madness Final Four for years, uh, NFL coverage on their primetime packages on, on Westwood One. And, you know, like we heard, the College World Series uh, this past weekend in Omaha. All right, so Kevin Kugler uh, is going to join us here in just moments here on the uh, Announcer Schedule podcast, and we're going to get into all of that stuff. What is it like uh, football um, he does the NFL. He's got a Sunday game here. He's got the national Westwood one radio broadcast. And we're going to get in, into all of that right now uh, with a very familiar play by player. If you're driving around in your car, there's chances you have heard Kevin Kugler on your radio. And we just played uh, the College World Series game winning call. I like that. The last team in is the last team standing. Well, he's standing with us right now. Kevin Kugler joins us here on the Announcer Schedule podcast. Kevin, welcome in. How are you, pal? I'm good, Mike. How are you? Phil, good to see you. We're doing great. It's great to have you. We love these type of uh, you know interviews because you have uh, a whole deck of cards we can roll out at you. The NFL, <laughs> uh, obviously, people hear you on Westwood One Radio, but tell us about uh, that call in the College World Series, a very unique setting. If you've never been to a College World Series, it is such a great atmosphere. And then you got to bring us uh, that call to life. It's really one of the best events going in college sports right now. Uh, you have the charm of a small event 
coupled with the big-time feel of a big-time event, which is what they've always gone for. When it was at Rosenblatt Stadium, it was the same thing. Now you're just in newer digs in a different spot in Omaha. But, my gosh, we had fantastic crowds. Tip of the cap to the fans of Ole Miss. I mean, they came out in droves. To me, it was the largest, most uh, lopsided crowd since Nebraska had been in the College World Series in 2005. That says something because – my gosh, we've seen some great teams come through over the years, but Ole Miss represented like few do. It felt like an Ole Miss home game. It was so much fun, great weather, great atmosphere, and and really two outstanding baseball games in the championship series. You don't always see that. College baseball sometimes is up and down, but we had two terrific games in the championship series. And Kevin, you know, a Nebraska native, you know, so certainly you've been, you know, nearby the the College World Series and all that's going on down in Omaha for years. But you were presented with an award last week as well, the the Russell Anderson Wilbur Snip Award for National Contributions to College Baseball. As someone who kind of grew up around, you know, college baseball, the CWS, a Nebraska native, how meaningful was that for you to collect that award? Well, it was absolutely meaningful. I mean, you're talking about an event that is near and dear to my heart, the College World Series. And I've covered college baseball, oh gosh, probably since the late 90s. And I've had the chance to call a lot of games. And I've been in college baseball stands. I was one of the 50 people that actually went to Nebraska college baseball games before Nebraska got good with Dave Van Horn. So I can tell you what it was like to sit in an old band box of a stadium with me, the SID, and the PA guy, basically. I won a contest once because I was the only guy in the ballpark, so I got a free sweatshirt. Yeah, I mean, that that's just – I love baseball, and college baseball has been a passion of mine, and I'm so excited to have the chance to cover it every year in Omaha now. I mean, it's an event I went to as a kid. It's an event I went to as a college student. It's an event I've gone to now as a professional. It, it just – it means an awful lot to me to have the chance to be recognized for that, and I really do appreciate the uh, Collegiate Baseball Writers of America for providing that for me. That was really cool. Uh, Kevin Kugler, I guess you have uh, origins and roots in that Omaha area, and uh, uh, a rumor has it that you beat out my buddy Pete Thompson for a uh, talk show host job down there. He tells me you guys are both too nice, and you're nice <laughs> enough to join us on here. Is Pete telling the truth? Well, here, here's the situation. There's a, there's a little nuance to this because I had started the show in 2000. My original co-host left, so we were looking for a new co-host. Pete came in. He was working in the area at the time. He auditioned. We had a great time. But my boss at the end of it said, I can't have both of you on the air because you're both too nice. We need somebody who's going to be a bit of a jerk and somebody who's going to be the nice guy. And apparently I had fallen into the role of the nice guy. I don't know how that happened. I mean, yeah. you know, people people who know me would would bristle at that characterization of me. But <laughs> Pete was the Pete was too nice. And maybe Mike, you're bristling at the characterization of Pete that way, but that was the he was too nice to have the co host job next Well, to me. he was my co host for a while and I was the jerk, okay? I admit <laughs> I was the jerk in this uh relationship here. Uh Pete says hello and uh yes, he was my co host here for a while after T V forty here shut down. Phil, does he count as a when we do our counts of broadcasters as Pete Thompson was it will he be in the ledger? Yeah, we'll, we'll add Pete to the ledger, no doubt about it, especially after that endorsement from Kevin. All right. Um, tell us a little bit about that. So you start radio, and then how has your voice – how did you get to the point where your voice is virtually everywhere uh, in, in uh, the car, if you're sitting down? You know, it's funny. I, I create the promos here, and, you know, I hear, hey, it's Kevin Kugler. Join me for Thursday Night Football <laughs> here on Westwood One. We're tonight, you know. Uh, how did you get from hosting this radio show uh, to being the voice of uh, Westwood One? 
Well, you know, and, and, and here's the, the interesting thing that comes full circle with our conversation. It's really due to the College World Series. Uh, I, the, the rights to the College World Series, Westwood One acquired all the NCAA rights in the early 2000s to every single event. But Westwood One obviously doesn't broadcast every single event from start to finish. And they didn't broadcast the College World Series from start to finish. So our station had an idea. What if we went to Westwood One and we said, could we do the preliminary games? We'll produce them. You distribute them. We'll co-operate them together. They thought that was a great idea. In the contract to do that, my boss, Neil Nelkin, one of the greats of Nebraska radio, put in there a clause that they were required to use one of our announcers at the radio station on the championship series broadcast that they produced. Those championship series broadcasts were produced by Westwood, and I was the sideline reporter for those. Tony Roberts was the first play-by-play guy I worked with on Westwood One. And Howard Denneroff, who is now the executive producer of Westwood One Sports, was producing the games in Omaha. He loves Omaha, comes as often as he can. And so we, I, I did my job on the sidelines. He, I apparently didn't embarrass myself. And year after year after year, I would do it. And year after year, he would say, hey, send me some of your stuff. And I was doing Division II football and basketball at the time. So I'd send a cassette tape full of grainy audio. And eventually in 2006, he called me and he said, wanted more stuff and wanted more stuff. And at a different time, and I was, I remember it forever. I was at Big 12 Media Days in, and was waiting for a call. I got a call and he says, you got the job. And I, I didn't even know I was applying for a job. I thought I was going to get a game or two here and there as a freelancer. And they named me their college football and college basketball guy. And that was really how I got my start. And it's all due to the College World Series. Outstanding, Kevin. And, and then on the TV side, can you tell us about that evolution and how it ultimately became national? Well, it's, it's interesting because it, it's sort of, a, again, so much of this is circumstance. I, I'm working in Omaha and I'm working, I do, so, I do some work for, did some work for the Nebraska Public Television Network, which had rights to do volleyball and some of the tier three stuff that wasn't on a conference network at that time. Well, Nebraska joined the Big Ten. And so I sent an email to Mark Halsey of the Big Ten Network and just sort of a flyer like, hey, I'm here. I've done some stuff. I do stuff with Westwood One. He knew me, um, knew of me anyway. We hadn't met yet. So I met with him. I got the chance to do a, a few things for the Big Ten Network in 2011 and then had the opportunity in 2012 to really expand my role doing television. And so I gave up the talk show after 12 years to really kind of dive headlong into the into the television and radio play by play world and really just sort of bet on that I could make it work. And it was a bit of a gamble. I mean, the show was it's the show is still on the air. My the guy who was my best man in college is the host now with the intern that we had when we were doing the show back in the day. Um, but it was a bit of a gamble and it, it, it paid off. I, I was fortunate to get on with some really good people at the Big Ten Network. And then that led to a relationship developing with Fox, and that led to getting the chance to do Fox NFL starting in 2020. You know, as you know, Kevin, we we monitor the the comings and goings of the, the announcers through the announcer schedules. And, you know, this past year, you were literally everywhere. You know, whether it was NFL games, you know, during the week or on Sunday for Fox, uh, college football, men's basketball, uh, caught you on a couple of women's basketball shows as well, Major League Baseball on FS1, uh, College World Series this past weekend, a USFL game here and there. It's a loaded uh, schedule for the Masters, you, Kevin. the Final Four. I mean, don't leave out the big <laughs> ones here. You got yeah, uh, Jim Nance over here doing uh, the Masters in the Final Four on radio. Anywhere you go, man, 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's really remarkable, Kevin. And, you know, we'd love to let our listeners know how do you pull it all off? And, you know, what are some of those experiences as far as, you know, making sure you're able to make all these assignments? And then also the preparation, you know, as you're switching gears from sport to sport, but also network to network. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it requires a lot of, um, a lot of time management, I, I think is the best way to put it. You have to be able to work when you can work. I, I work a lot on planes, obviously, um, but you have to, it's a lot easier in the fall, quite honestly, when I'm only doing one or maybe two football games a week. And the NFL has a lot of repetition. So once you get to October or November, you know, Tom Brady's story hasn't changed from when you saw him in September to when you saw him in October. The only thing that's changed is the storyline with the team. So you, you familiarize yourself with that. You read a ton. Uh, I spend most of my early part of every week reading because that's the best way you can, and I'm forever indebted to the beat writers out there who do such a great job of covering these teams that we're allowed to drop in and, and pretend we know what's going on because of the work they've done all week long getting us ready for this stuff. So you read a lot and you just have to try to manage your time well so that you can understand, okay, I've got a game here. I've got, I had a game of, I had a week this past February of seven games and seven nights and seven different places. Wow. And I was, I mean, Do you remember was, where you were? Um, very, I was, let's see, you know what? I have my calendar right here. I can tell you where I was. Because it, I had it's a, fascinating to me how many times you talk to play-by-players or analysts and they have, I don't know what day it is, what city I'm in, where I was yesterday, what day was I in this place? Uh, Lincoln, uh, Seton Hall, Newark, Purdue, North Carolina, Yukon, St. John's, Illinois. And the Illinois game was a late ad because Tim Brando was supposed to do the Ohio State-Illinois game. And I got a call about an hour before I went to the arena in St. John's from our bosses at Fox. And they said, hey, how about you? How about seven games in seven days? And I said, can I get there? So I flew to Chicago and I drove to Champaign and I did Ohio State-Illinois. Luckily, I had done both of them about a week earlier. So I had relatively my prep kind of organized and I knew the teams by that point. But that I got home and I said to my wife, Michelle, that's almost the limit as to what I can do <laughs> is seven games in seven days. Wow. Um, we mentioned Final Four Masters, um, you know, those signature events. Do they stand out any differently than doing a, a, a Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football, or, you know, College World Series? I mean, those are uh, two of the, you know, signature events on the sports calendar. Uh, I, was, I was on Amen Corner for the call when Tiger won um, – that was one of the more electric atmospheres I've ever been around. And it's weird to say that with golf because you, especially at Augusta national, because you know, it's a different atmosphere, but that was as special an event as I've been around. And then, I, I mean, look, the final four to me is it's, it's the, it's the top of the mountain for my sports calendar. I absolutely love it. It's the best thing that happens all year long. The chance to, for me to be courtside, with and for years I was with Coach Thompson and Bill Raftery and I mean, you you have to you have to understand I, I'm a kid from Nebraska who grew up watching games on television and I'd see John Thompson scowling at a referee and I'd listen to Bill Raftery calling games and I'd laugh and I can still remember in 2008 which was my first Final Four sitting next to these two gentlemen and trying not to be intimidated by the fact that I'm in this chair and what three, four years ago, I was calling division two basketball women's and men's double headers on the radio. And now I'm sitting courtside calling the final four 
and it was the Chalmers shot, and it was everything. And I mean, I, I can still remember, I got up before the game, and I walked around the arena, and I walked by Bill Russell, and I just thought, what am I doing here? What? Who am I, and why am I in this building at this moment? This is just, I mean, it was... It was surreal, and it still is. I mean, I I still get goosebumps every time I'm standing there, courtside, national anthem, getting ready for an amazing game. And, you know, some have been amazing, some have not, but it's always an amazing experience. Yeah, Kevin, if you could kind of um, expand a little bit on working with different partners in all the different sports, high-profile guys, like, you know, and just having to adjust to everybody's style, how – you know, you said seven games in seven days. I would imagine that you didn't have the same analysts in, in those seven days. So kind of give uh, some young play-by-players and people who enjoy this uh, genre what it's like to get that kind of nailed down. Here's here's how – and some of those were radio and some of those were TV, so it's a different thing. For radio, play-by-play, that's the radio man. The play-by-play man's venue is radio. So I have to do more talking. I, the, the, the analyst has to kind of fit in around the play-by-play because I'm the eyes and ears of the people who can't see this game. TV is all about the analyst. So my job is to set up that analyst. But in all of them, the thing, the number one thing that you have to do is listen. Uh, we are not a great listening group of people. As, as We love to talk. We love to tell things. We love to say things. But to me, the thing I have to do best is listen to what they say, both before the game and during the game. Because before the game, they're going to tell me what's important to them what they think is important about this game. So if I'm not listening to that, I have no way to set them up during the game for where they think is important. Or I can't go back to, say, Robbie Hummel brought up a great point in the first half of a game. I, If I'm not paying attention to him or if I'm just thinking about what I'm going to say next, I can't go back to it when what he said shows up again in the second half. Um, so to me, the number one thing that any play-by-play guy has to do is listen. I mean, it's... It's just something that is so easy to do, but yet we don't do it very well. We're all out of us, and I've fallen into this trap too. You're all sitting there thinking, okay, what am I going to say next? What happens next? What's going on next? You got a producer talking to your ear, all this stuff. But the listening part to me is the number one thing I can do to help a broadcast. If I'm listening and I listen to what my analyst is saying and what's important to him, I can play off of that. I can drive that conversation further or i can take it to a different point if that point has come to a conclusion yeah by the way that comment got my highlighter there that'll be the highlighter one (laughs) i appreciate you listening (laughs) (laughs) all right kevin back to the scheduling side of things we talked about it a little bit in terms of the seven games and seven days experience but you know over the years is there Another story you could tell us as far as just a close call, you know, um, you know, a getaway from a stadium, something uh, that was just one of these out of this world kind of experience. And wow, you were able to pull it all off. Well, I, I was able to pull it off because I'm here talking to you, but I'll tell you a story about the, the pandemic year of 2020. Whoa. So um, it's my first year with Fox. I'm working with Chris Spielman, who's just one of the great human beings that I've worked with over the years. He's just a fantastic prince of a human being. So we're walking out of the stadium and it's, and we're in New York. We're, we're in Newark. We've just done a Jets game. So we're walking out of the stadium and we're going out and my, I'm with my, my stats guy, Alan and Al, and I, and I didn't know what car Alan had. I'd ridden over with somebody else and Alan was taking the car 
to the airport for all of us to make our flights. And there's no traffic, obviously, because there were no fans. It was 2020. It was New York. There was not a fan in the building. So we have no worries about our escape. We all book tight flights. We're not the least bit concerned. He said, I'm in an SUV. Okay, great. And so we walk out. He goes, they're going to pull it up by the truck. I said, great. We walk out to the truck. There's an SUV. I said, is that it? He goes, yeah, that's it. So I go to the back of the SUV and I open it up to put my bag in the back. And instead of it being the back of an SUV, there's a cage in the back of the SUV. And in said cage is a dog. And all of a sudden, someone comes screaming around from the driver's side, gun drawn, screaming at me, what are you doing? What are you doing? Apparently it was a police SUV that we had opened up this guy was startled. I don't know if he had dozed off because there was nothing going on. I don't know what it was, but gun drawn. And so for 90 seconds, I'm kind of standing in front of my guys like, hey, everything's fine. Just broadcast the game. Missed, you know, missed communication as to what our car was. And, you know, he's <laughs> screaming and yelling the whole time the gun pointed at me. The whole time, well, I'm just trying to calm the situation down so nobody gets shot, specifically me. And, uh, and finally, we diffuse this situation. We walk across the street. It is the exact same SUV that we have. I get in the passenger seat. I sit down and Spielman, the first words out of Spielman's mouth are, Kev, your voice got a little high back there. I'm like, yeah, I got a little high back there. I had a gun on me, Chris Spielman. <laughs> and so we drove to the airport and I called my wife and told her what had happened. And I was happy that I didn't have to report anything else. She was about ready to you know, get in a car and drive to New York to come get me, but uh, talked her out of that and all was well at the end. But I mean, it's just, it was one of those moments where if there's a crowd around, there's probably things for these guys to do. So there's no situation like that, but right. there wasn't anything to do. And I think I startled it. <laughs> Has there been a time where there's been, you've missed a flight that made you miss a broadcast or that maybe you got to call a game because somebody else wasn't able to get on a flight or something like, does that happen often or not so often? You, you try, you, it's, it's every broadcaster's nightmare. I mean, it's, we, we all are paranoid. We live in fear of this happening. I knock on wood. It has not happened to me that I've missed a broadcast yet for missing a flight. I've certainly had flight delays and I've missed a couple of my radio shows back in the day. Cause I couldn't get back to Omaha in time to do my show. I did have a situation once at Penn state where I got there, but my partner, Steven Bardo did not. And so we pulled about an hour before the game, Dick Girardi, who's longtime writer in the Philly area and just a, another great person. He does Penn State radio. We pulled him in and said, do you happen to have a tie? Do you happen to have a suit jacket with you? Would you like to do color on the uh, on the television broadcast? And so Dick came in and, and did the color for me on the show and was great. I mean, he's a he's a basketball writer from way back. So it wasn't a big risk or a leap for him. But that was one of those scenarios where an hour before the game, you're working with somebody who's not a TV guy, hasn't done TV, and here he is sitting down ready to do a national broadcast. So, And all because of a missed flight. It happens to all of us. I got a chance to do that, that Ohio State-Illinois game in February because Tim Brando couldn't get out with weather. So, you know, it's going to happen to all of us at some point. You just try to do everything you can, and usually that means take early morning flights and cross your fingers. Well, knowing Dick Girardi, he didn't have a tie. No, uh, he, he may have borrowed one from one of the Penn State coaches, but I'm not sure he actually had one in his car. I would he did have it. a suit coat, which I, was, which I remember being surprised about. Uh, Kevin Kugler, what's the uh, 2022 schedule going to look like? Where will our podcast listeners 
uh, hear Kevin Kugler's voice for the rest of the summer uh, and the NFL season? Uh, Little Major League Baseball still coming up on FS1 over the course of July and August. And then once football starts, I'll be on Sunday afternoons on Fox and I will be on select games throughout the fall on Westwood One. I mean, I'm and I, I'm fortunate that after I left for TV that they still wanted to keep me around to do football. So I don't know what those will look like, but I know it'll be more than more than two and less than, you know, 13 or 14 probably. So somewhere in that range, I'll I'll fit in with Westwood One's schedule of their great guys. All right. Kevin Kugler has been our guest here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. Just a little taste of what uh, the travel's like and how he got here and what is next for him. Some great stories. Kevin Kugler, we appreciate you making some time for us here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. I appreciate you guys having me on. Good to talk with you. All right. There's yeah, Kevin thanks a Kugler lot, Kevin. And, and congrats again on the award from the College Baseball Writers Association. I appreciate it, Phil. Thanks so much. All right. Kevin Kugler, everybody here. We appreciate him. And, Phil, that was just an excellent conversation. Learned a lot there. Um, in fact, uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. You know, seven games in seven days in seven different places. I mean, when he said seven games in seven days, I figured maybe he was – in an area that had a multiple <laughs> events coming, not that you were going to be in seven different cities along the way. Yeah, it, unbelievable that he pulled all that off. And, you know, it, it really is a snapshot to, to one of the busier announcers. Uh, I, I mentioned this on an earlier show. You know, I don't have any metrics to support this. But anecdotally, I do believe, at least on the national side of things, uh, which we monitor on the Twitter feed, uh, Kevin did – as many games as anyone, perhaps the most, uh, because especially that college basketball schedule that he was describing, I mean, he was everywhere. The Big Ten Network and uh, FS1 and, and so forth, um, you know, not to mention the Westwood One work, uh, NFL, USFL, Major League Baseball, Masters, College World Series. I mean, he uh, logged some serious miles uh, this past year, and I'm sure that'll that'll continue. And it, it looks like he's got the system down pretty well where he can pull it all off, no problem. Yeah, that's uh, Kevin Kugler. Yeah, because, you know, we carry uh, here on 97.3 in Atlantic City. So for any of the Atlantic City listeners who listen to our podcast now, Phil, uh, he's a very familiar voice because he's on everything. Thursday night football, uh, Monday night, he's kind of like, you know, does each one of them. Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night. Now, this year he's going to be doing more television, it sounds like, for Fox. Uh, but he also does the NCAA tournament. We also carry the Masters. So you hear him on that match. How about that conversation where he mentioned um, Amen Corner for Tiger? I mean, just, you know, hands standing, uh, hair standing up on my arms when he brings it up. Yeah, in some of these moments like that that he was he was talking about, you know, um, you know, being in the presence of of Bill Russell, you know, on one of his you know early assignments, and you know, being there for that Mario Chalmers game winner, you know, for the national championship, it, it's amazing, you know, what broadcasters like Kevin are able to accumulate over a career in terms of these memories, these moments, yeah. these big events and so forth. And it's just fascinating to get to pick their mind and, and, you know, for him to share that with us, we really appreciate it. He also called uh, the Summer Olympics in 2012. He did the men's basketball. So, you know, it's almost like, you know, the NBA and, and professional sports are so big to us that, you know, doing the Olympics almost seems like, eh, but I'm sure that was just a thrill of a lifetime to be doing the men's basketball championships at the Olympics, uh, the Masters, the NCAA Final Four, uh, college basketball, NFL, Major League Baseball. That was our guest, Kevin Kugler. 
and we were happy to have him here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, subscribe, and you can get us every Thursday here on the Announcer Schedules podcast on the SportsMediaWatch.com uh, feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, anywhere people listen to podcasts, you can find our podcast Tuesdays, George Offman, tell me a story I don't know. That drops. You hear great storytellers from uh, play-by-players and uh, media personalities with a little bit of a Chicago connection. But many of those Chicago people are now national. Uh, He's had people like Mike Greenberg and Michael Wilbon. uh, So some pretty big names that he gets on that. And uh, then TJ and John on the SportsMediaWatch.com that's on Wednesdays. If you love the rating stuff, I'm one of those ratings junkies. I love listening. In fact, that's how I landed this job. I listen to them. We connect it. Here I am. They're on Wednesdays. I love John's insight. Uh, TJ does a great job kind of steering that ship. And then you have Phil and us here on Thursdays. Yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing George's interview this week with, with John Rooney. And he's in his 35th year, consecutive year, doing Major League Baseball radio play-by-play he's done a lot a lot of national tv work as well but white Sox play-by-play from 1988 to 2005 and then cardinals ever since from 2006 onward so certainly uh, a long tenure there we talked about it on an earlier episode how you know a lot of these jobs stay kind of locked up for years and you know if there is an opening those are very valuable real estate like you know what's going on with the new york yankees potentially uh with john sterling starting to cut back but uh that i'm looking forward to that and if you haven't heard it you know make sure you check out that Lindsay's arniac interview uh Lindsay's a fascinating uh story as well i had the pleasure of getting to know Lindsay a little bit when she was a TV reporter uh, down in South Florida for NBC6. And she actually tells a story on that podcast with uh, TJ and John, how she kind of took the big step forward in terms of covering NASCAR on a bigger level, but also going full-time into sports. She was a news reporter up in in Jacksonville, but then got that gig with the NBC affiliate uh, down in South Florida and started to cover the sport uh, quite um, aggressively down there, you know, with Homestead, Miami Speedway and so forth. So it was great to hear that story from Lindsay, who's gone on to all sorts of stuff and, you know, is, is working on um, with CBS these days with that new racing series. So be sure to check out those other podcasts on the feed. Great stuff uh, this past week, both uh, John Rooney with George and then Lindsay with PJ and John. I'll, I'll leave with this on Kevin Kugler, by the way. You talk about these guys have these jobs replacing legends. He actually replaced Harry Callis on the Westwood One football. He was uh, doing the calls. People in Philly will know Harry from the Phillies. He was a legendary Phillies broadcaster. In fact, he's old school, Phil. He would do TV and then do a couple innings on radio because he loved it so much and then go back to television. Kugler followed him on radio Westwood One, and he's been there ever since. Uh, speaking of Harry Callis, who you know, has been gone for a couple of years. We just lost another broadcaster, Tony Saragusa, speaking of Fox. You remember him from Fox NFL games. He was on the Fox network from 20, uh, 2003 to 2015 and uh, died uh, suddenly about a week ago. Yeah, really sad news. Um, you know, much too young, of course, uh, passing away at the age of 55. Tony Saragusa, you know, a, a prolific uh, player, first of all, you know, a lineman, uh, out of the University of Pittsburgh, then played for the Colts, uh, won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. And, you know, one of these guys who, 
you know, I think the media who covered Saragusa as a player sort of could have, um, you know, forecasted that he was going to end up in broadcasting because he had such a jovial personality and so forth. And, you know, almost immediately he entered his broadcasting career with Fox. He spent one year in the studio and then got started. And uh, his first um, partners were Dick Stockton and Daryl Johnston on a Fox package. And, you know, I was doing some research on this and some, some reading kind of looking back on Sarah Goose's career and, and so forth. And, you know, that group actually worked together for four games on Ravens preseason games prior to, to taking on the Fox assignment. So Stockton, Johnston and Saragusa, you know, got to work four games uh, for the Ravens network. We've been talking about a little bit about those preseason packages. And in this case, I would imagine that group, you know, was able to really cement some of that chemistry, but following that pairing, uh, Saragusa worked with Kenny Albert, uh, stuck with Daryl Johnston as well. And then, you know, his final year with Fox, he was with Tom Brenneman and Charles Davis. That was in 2015. But, you know, what was interesting about Saragusa in terms of his broadcasting, in many ways, he was the first sideline analyst. And with, that's a role that you see um, fairly often now. And it's a little different than sideline reporter. And, you know, I don't know if, if a lot of folks necessarily have thought about this nuance or what have you, but you know, the idea is if you're a sideline analyst, um, you know, you basically have more of an open mic situation where you're able to chime in uh, throughout the game. Um, you know, if you're noticing something, you know, from a color commentary standpoint, now you also do the reporter duties in terms of, you know, halftime interview, uh, post-game interview with the star of the game, that kind of thing, injury reports, so on and so forth. But you also have the opportunity to jump in and be part of the conversation during the show, whereby a strictly sideline reporter, you know, they, they will send it down to the reporter and the reporter will, will, will do a report from the field. And so Saragusa had kind of this open mic situation, you know, where he was in that analyst role and certainly took a fun loving uh, kind of a comedic approach at, at times, you know, did a lot of fun bits and that kind of thing uh, down there on the sidelines and, you know, was, was a lovable personality for Manny. So, so he'll be missed. So um glad we're able to, you know, tribute Tony Saragusa, um, you know, not only as a, as a player, but what he did as a broadcaster. Um, he certainly made his mark on NFL broadcasting, Tony Saragusa, rest in peace. Yeah. And he was versatile too. He did a lot of things. Uh, I think he was on the DIY channel. Uh, you know, uh, he appeared in, I think an episode of the Sopranos, so uh, he did a lot after his NFL days. He was a Jersey guy, by the way. Uh, he passed away in his sleep in Ortley Beach, New Jersey, which is uh, about an hour or so from uh, where I'm doing this broadcast from. So uh, sad news with Tony Saragusa, but um, he left a big mark on the broadcasting field. All right, Phil, um, everybody out there, we appreciate you listening. Um, and the podcast is growing. So thank you to that. Keep telling your friends. Keep like rate review subscribe if you want to uh, write us a review uh, do that that's fantastic that helps out um and uh, we will be back again next week um we've got uh something cooking for the next couple of weeks so uh stay tuned for that check out all the podcasts on the sports media watch uh, podcast feed and uh, i think that'll do it for us phil Mont uh, demont mollin anything else to add 
No, just a big thank you to Kevin Kugler once again. That was a, that was a great conversation with Kevin, and it's been fun to you know follow his career and uh, you know all that he does in the sports world. But a big thank you to to Kevin uh, for coming on the show, and you know thanks to all the listeners who are continuing to, to tune in and subscribe, and uh, make sure you follow the Twitter feed as well. And you know we'll keep you up to date on all the happenings around the announcer world. So. Um, Thanks again to you as well, Mike. Uh, another great show. All right. For Phil, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you next week here on the Announcer Schedules Podcast. Have a great rest of your week, everybody.